Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter, ideas shape markets, ideas change the world. Around the world, uh, there are people who get the blessing of being multidimensional, the true liberal arts, understanding languages, cultures, as well as uh, picking up experience from education, as well as actual practice. And to find someone in the risk resilient security industry who's taken that very thing and begins to explore what it is to be human, to understand humans uh, and intersecting that with security and risk postures is just fascinating. So we got a hold of one of the most influential people in security, Miranda Capulze. Miranda, great having you in the great conversation. Uh, it's an honor to be here, Ron. Thank you so much. I would love to explore. I'm, I'm somebody who likes to define terms. I would love to explore two words, <laughs> human and behavior. Those two words, because much of what you do involves those two words together. But let's explore them individually, and then let's bring them together, if you don't mind. It would be wonderful to get your, per, um, your views on, on, on the definition of those terms. Absolutely. Well, yeah, to me, of course, it's my livelihood almost uh, and my passion, actually. I, I did it for this for almost 30 years and it's just um, I live it, I guess. Um, to me, well, human is just, you know, the person, flesh and blood and bones. And uh, the behavior is due to how we grew up, our environment, our character. So that to me is a bit of like describing the two words. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. So we've got a living being mm -hmm. and this and we acknowledge when we meet them in context. They've gone through a journey. They've been uh, forming, if you will, who they were are and were at that stage. And you're recognizing that what I what I love about your art and your science is you're recognizing first and foremost, you lead with the term human. This is flesh and blood. This is someone we need to be empathetic about, care about, and then understand they got to where they are for a reason. Am I am I tapping into you? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's it's truly about the human being because otherwise it would be animal behavior, right? So it's it's truly about human and, and behavior. So whom are we as a person and how do we treat each other? Uh, how have we become the person that we are now? And what can we become even through surrounding ourselves with other people, other challenges? So, yeah. What can we become? So if we start to look at human behavior, behavior analysis, one of your core disciplines, mm -hmm. uh, and we intersect that again, like you say, with security and risk, how yeah. does the study of human behavior in, inform and infuse a great security and risk program? Um, how can I explain that? best? Um, I, I believe that, that we all from from our core you know when we are born are looking for safety 
and um, some people are growing up in certain situations or certain environments that are not all that safe. And that can be a home, you know, with parents or brothers or maybe, uh, uh, you know, if, if you, I don't know, uh, grew up somewhere in a war zone or um, you name it, anything that is not safe, um, that can be, you know, a, a risk to you. And I believe that that forms you. And I believe that, especially also within organizations, that is not always seen as um, most important, you know, or a lot of people don't even understand really what security and, and the connection and with an organization, for instance, is. So uh, that's why I started uh, MC Global Security because I saw that it was missing. I saw a lot of people didn't understand people from other countries or from other situations. Uh, I also help a lot of victims, as you've probably seen. Um, but also I help a lot of uh, organizations or talk to CEO, C-suite, but also um, all, all the employees really to have them understand like what does security mean for you here right now at, at this moment, you know, because the security at home can be something different from when you're outside walking in a city or traveling as well as when you're working in an organization. So you have to distinguish those two, but they're all um, initially connected, you know, there is always a basic that you have to learn and recognize and and some are born with it they have like that sixth sense because they grew up in an environment that was already mm, challenging to say at the least sometimes even dangerous and some people don't have it be because they grew up in a safe environment um, but I believe we can all learn it and with learning it we can understand each other better and and you know all uh, create a better environment safer environment also that that's actually uh, beautiful. Uh, I want to make sure I really understand because it was very powerful. You take what we said before, you take this aspect that people are formed, they go through experiences mm -hmm. and um, understanding and having empathy of how they were formed, studying the results of that formation in regards to behavior can help security programs empathetically address risk of people, of the people, and also uh, help redirect their behavior uh, if, if, if they do understand it. Uh, am, I, am I catching that at all? Absolutely, you're spot on, yeah. Because you know what you don't know, you don't know. So if people tell you and explain it to you, you can create a certain empathy for it, but also a better understanding. Yes. Uh, because if you, for instance, have never worked, and I keep that you know uh, easy. If you have never worked for, for instance, a big organization, and you all of a sudden start working there, you have no clue about their security or how to be safe or what to be aware of. You have to learn that, um, and, and that's also what you have in life. And Again, some people are born under pressure, let's say, in, in challenging circumstances, and some people have not. And the good thing about what I do is that everyone can learn it. And I don't bring people in, in certain 
uh, situations that they are, you know, being afraid or, or go crazy. You know, I don't make it difficult. It's just an explanation. Yes. And what I like about it, too, because you speak to a lot of different groups. Yeah. What I love over is the crossover, too, because you mentioned this person possibly coming from a small organization entering a large organization. So, again, what you do is, of course, you know, central to your security and risk customers. But yeah. what you do is also good for the entire corporation. If leaders can understand behaviors, they can lead in a much more powerful way. Absolutely. Yeah, because what I see, especially in bigger organizations, and, and it's almost like mirroring the world, right? Like every department is almost a different culture. And within those cultures, you have also certain cliques or groups. And how do you deal with that? And do you know really what's going on with, with your colleague? You know, um, so that's already the basics. And, and where do you need to go? Where, where are the fire or emergency exits? You know, if something happens. So it, it goes from really basic to really a human interaction. And I believe that that human interaction is really the key to everything because you never know what is going on, for instance, with your colleague, right? And, and as a CEO, you don't always know what's going on with all your employees because usually you, you speak to a few of the managers and, and that's it, right? So um, how do you get that, that um, interaction with your company and how do you create a certain safety for your people? What I also love about that especially when you're talking to our security and risk peers. Um, one of their greatest challenges over the last 25 years is uh, speaking the language of the business. And let's go back to who you are, multiple languages, uh, multiple cultures. And from your own experience, you can walk into an executive management team where the finance department, the supply chain department, the HR department, the sales department, the security department all have different cultures and even different languages. And, exactly. and, and, and you can help them bridge those things. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's almost try to become a team, try to understand each other, see what, you know, the other person or the other department is ticked. Uh, is ticking or it ticks right that that you know the I don't know that they can see like hey that's interesting um, that's what I have too because there are so many things departments have in common but they all think they are different and that they are having their own challenges and, and they have till a certain extent uh, but that's why you hear a lot of times, and especially the last couple of years since the ESRM was also coming up, that we talk about silos. It was never really discussed before, and it's human behavior really helps to break those silos also to learn about each other's department, to learn what your challenges are. And if you can combine, you know, that fight against that challenge, not only your company becomes stronger, you get a better team building, um, but everybody knows a little bit of something and, and they, you create with that a saver feeling a safer environment for the people they, they are heard first of all and that's really important because a lot of people don't feel hurt um and um 
you know, people want to have someone that they can go to and listen to and feel safe with and that something will be done with their, well, let's say problem. Sometimes it's not even a problem, but it becomes a problem because nothing is done about it. And, and so I always say, just start at the bottom and just listen to each other. Just start with just all being human beings, you know, and, and, and listen to each other. Just know what you do. You know, I'm so glad you brought up what is often seen as a methodology, a practice, uh, enterprise security risk management, ESRM. Uh, yeah. I had a great conversation the other day with a gentleman by the name of Tim Wenzel from Facebook. Oh, um, I know him. He's and, amazing. And, and, and Tim, was uh, Tim was talking about ESRM as a leadership enablement tool, that is a chance to actually have a great conversation with your people and prepare them uh, to be empowered and to take on uh, tasks with a mindset of that empowerment, uh, uh, based on a uh, you know based on a inquisitive, curious, questioning kind of spirit, and you just nailed it a few minutes ago. You and Tim are on the same page. It sounds like. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I truly believe that the ESRM surely helps, uh, especially uh, together, of course, with, with the services that I do, because the, it, it really touches each other. Um, as a leader, and, and if you're going, going to start use the ESRM methodology, I almost wanted to say, you have to look into every aspect of your company. So you have to talk to every department, see what's important to them, you know, and um, what needs to have uh, maybe a higher risk rank or lower and, and how do you solve that? How do you tackle that? How do you manage that? So, um, yeah, it's certainly, um, I think it's a great, great new approach of risk because a lot of people I hear always say, yeah, but we already do ERM. And I'm like, yeah, but that's different. You know, that, that's mainly about um, how um, uh, the NASDAQ did and how that uh, influences your company, for instance. It's more like the financial risk, but ESRM is really about all the enterprise risk security aspects. It's so funny you say that. Uh, I have run into pretty knowledgeable uh, uh, people in this area and they want to argue, let's settle on one term. Let's settle on ERM. Uh, it's all encompassing. And, uh, and then, of course, the SRM people are saying, wait, wait just a second here. By doing that, you kind of boil the ocean when there's some very specific things we do in the SRM that are different than ERM. And, and, uh, and, and I always say, let's stop arguing over the acronym. Let's talk about the behavior, which is we need to touch the organization in ways you're talking about. So we really understand what's going on with their people, process and tools and their outcomes, right? Exactly. Yes. And, and especially with big corporations, right? When they have maybe uh, an office in India and an office in the US and an office in, in Europe, and, and they all want to apply the same procedures and protocols and everything. 
it, it does not work because the culture and everything is different. And if you don't know that, and if you don't acknowledge that, then you will see that that one company will not, or well, well, one department, let's say, in one country will not do the same as the other country. Right. Now, you do a lot of mentoring. You do a lot of leadership development mentoring. Yeah. Um, if you can, without naming names, love to be a fly on the wall where you're having a great conversation in a mentoring role with a leader. And what kind of conversations do you have? What are the challenges these people are facing and how do you help them with those challenges? Um, uh, it can be because a lot of leaders are usually busy with the finances. They don't really know about all their department, the, their departments and security, what security can really do for their organization as a whole. Um, uh, what kind of, like, for instance, even education you have in that, what kind of people they have to attract for their type of company and especially also that they, what I still unfortunately uh, often see is that security is usually together with HR or uh, with the cleaning services. It, it's not a, a separate department and it's not sitting at a table with a C-suite. So they don't really understand what's going on and how you can better um, combine all that because security is really the guy that needs to go or the girl uh, nowadays thankfully that goes to every department and go sit there has you know drinks a cup of coffee talks to the people know what's going on what's bothering them what not what they're up against so they can you know um, almost advice let's say because i see it as an advisor the leader of the company the ceo about hey you know i am over every department here because you know i encounter so many things security or risk wise and so many people and this is what you need to know and i i see that it lacks often time as also i miss the connection with the ceo to even his managers uh, because they're so busy with other things that they don't know how to almost direct certain tasks anymore for themselves. They are so used that, that it's being done for them. Yeah. Even their PAs usually are, are the ones that are talking to the managers, right? right. It, it's not the CEO anymore. So even if he's going on a flight, he doesn't really know. You know, um, the day before, his PA gives that CEO a ticket, uh, uh, maybe the hotel reservation, and says like, well, you have to be there and there, then and then, and, and here's your ticket. And, and you know, so uh, it's almost like they are not in control of their life anymore. And I, I see that they miss the connection sometimes and they don't even realize that until they know that they are missing something but they don't necessarily know what um, but I also see a lot of CEOs they, they they start missing the connection with their families and friends so the mentoring what I do goes a little further than just you know their company I help them explore almost I, I, I bring them on a journey with me through their company I show it 
through my eyes. I, you know, I show them a way of also looking at it. And usually um, they get very enthusiastic about that. And, and it helps them connect not only with their family again, uh, but also with their teams. And um, yeah, they get more involved. It's, uh, that's fascinating. I, I used to say a good, a good thing to do um, and do it with yourself before you apply it to others is uh, look at your calendar and look at your checkbook and you'll see what you value. And uh, what you just said, it was so beautiful. It underlined that philosophy because busyness uh, keeps us from touching people in, in, in a way that um, can help us with that busyness. <laughs> and, 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 right? Yeah, but sometimes the identity of that CEO or leader was their company and what, and that has happened, especially in the last one and a half years, for instance, what if your company didn't make it through uh, this whole pandemic? Mm -hmm. So where is your identity now? Whom are, right. Who are you? What do you want to do? What, what is your network work, uh, worth, right? Or was it only connected to your business? So how are you going to live now? What, what is the meaning of you and your family? Of right. Even about how, what's the meaning of your life in essence? Are you happy? How are you going to move on? And um, yeah, there were some um, worrying um, conversations really with people who, who've lost everything and, and were like, wow, that was really my identity. Now what? Right. So, um, yeah, sometimes um, we just need someone. In my case, that was me. But of course, there are amazing people right. out there um, that helps them make that next step. If you go to Miranda's website or LinkedIn, you'll see a whole list of things she she focuses on. She calls it her core business. And uh, you'll also see a host of things she gets. I just said, you can see what someone values by their calendar and their checkbook. Uh, she's been an incredible servant to children in the CRI or Children's Rescue Initiative, for example. And um, so I'm gonna apply, I'm gonna turn to the cobbler. If you've ever heard the story of the cobbler, Miranda, who is expert at create, uh, actually building a shoe for another, um, and sometimes forgets to put, to build it for himself or herself. How have you as the expert in touch points, in behavior, in, uh, in, um, in this whole idea of intersection of roles and responsibilities, personal and professional, how have you taken care of yourself during this period? Well, I believe I'm very, very blessed with uh, a few really good friends. Um, and, you know, for everyone, it has been tough at moments. Um, I, I think I am lucky, although I don't know, I don't know if I can call it lucky. I have had in my youth a very, very challenging life. So I am really a, a survivor almost. Uh, it's one thing I help other people with, you know, changing that mindset and move on and just still enjoy. Uh, also, I have been lucky to still being able to work through this pandemic. 
So, uh, and, and I truly, this is my passion. This is what I love doing most, you know, helping others to become better and happier uh, versions of themselves. So, um, yeah, I have to say I feel blessed. Um, I have to say that sometimes I've even worked so hard that I had to stop <laughs> and take some time for myself. Uh, but I do that, actually. I love nature. And um, I do that with hikes and, you know, um, yeah. So I guess I'm good so far. <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, Miranda, the reason this is a great conversation for me, and I hope for others as well, is you can glean from your words and what you're doing that you really do love the journey of becoming more human. This has been a great conversation with Miranda Capulze uh, from, Mara uh, from MC uh, MC Consulting, Global Security Consulting. Miranda, thank you for a great conversation. And thank you so much, Ron.